The Ringer Wrestling Show is getting you closer to all things pro wrestling. The Masked Man Show with David and Kaz drops every Thursday on the feed, along with a new show hosted by pro wrestling superfan Evan Mack called Mac Mania. Plus, hear instant reactions to all the biggest WWE pay-per-view events with our post-pay-per-view shows. Check out The Ringer Wrestling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. What, what's, what's the weather right now? Right. If I, if I just see outside now, mm-hmm. outside of my house, <laughs> after 10 minutes, I need to take my shirt off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi everyone, welcome to this bonus episode of Writers House on Ringer FC. Firstly, hope you're all safe and well. Today, we've got something very special as we are going to be joined by Hector Bellerin to talk about this weekend's El Gran Derby between Betis and Sevilla. It was a fiery one. We're also going to talk about life in Sevilla, playing for Betis and loads more. And joining me is Ryan Hahn and Hector Bellerin. I'm so happy you're here, Hector. I'm just so glad that everything's Seems to be going well. You're playing so well just now. You know what's really cool about it as well? Is because I'm constantly checking in just to see how you're doing because obviously you're you're deep. You're you're in. You're in with me. You're deep. Thank you. So I'm just pleased that it's it's going well, man. But Jesus Christ, bro, this fucking derby, man. Yeah, I know. I was like, when you told me uh, that you wanted to do this podcast, and then after everything happened, I was like, he's, he's picked the right one. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've, got, we've got a lot to talk about here. Can I, can I say, because I've looked back, I was looking at videos, I'm reading some stuff and that, but this derby, I didn't realise, and I've seen, I've seen like, th- like derbies and the way they've been built up and like whether it's Argentina, Italy, everybody. Yeah. What I've seen with Sevilla and Betis is as intense and as, as, as I've ever seen, man. I didn't realize, man. It's, it's different. It's different. My friend from London came to the first derby that we played this year and he couldn't believe it. He's like, what are all these people doing outside the stadium three hours before <laughs> with, with flares? They're like, it's crazy. I mean, this is a city that is a pretty small city and the rivalry obviously has been going on since back in the day. Mm. And this is a religion for people, like people that are Betis fans mm-hmm. won't have a red jumper, won't wear it, you know? Wow. If they walk pa- past the Sevilla Stadium, they, they will look the other way. They don't want to look at it. It's, <laughs> honestly, you, you think it's a joke, but I remember when I first got my car here 
in in Seville, I was speaking to the guy and I was like, oh, you got kids and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I got two kids. And I was like, are the Betis fans? And he was like, they, they don't have no other choice. When, yeah. when they were young, I told them that San, Santa Claus only brought presents to the Betis kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yo, this is emotional. This is emotional stuff. You can't do that. It's- but this is how, how deep it runs in in people's blood mm. here and, and, and it's obviously so beautiful to see also to be a part of it. For people who may be a casual viewers of La Liga and the global audience, El Clasico is like the one that everyone mm. checks in for twice a year maybe. Yeah. Like speaking personally, El Gran Derby is the best derby in Spain. As someone who obviously went to London really young, but yeah. Betis is a family thing for you. How was yeah. it playing in that first one? Because you've just done the second mm. one and we'll talk about the second one in a little bit because it was a mm. little bit mad. But <laughs> how was it obviously getting away from London for a little bit, going back to Seville, yeah. family-wise, you personally, because that must have meant a lot. It was honestly one of the best experiences because, as I say, it's, it's the week before, you know? I mean, we, we experienced it in the North London derby yeah. and, you know, if you have Tottenham fans that are friends of yours and yeah. the, the week before, there's already like a bit of chat and even the Arsenal fans, you know, on social media nowadays, come on, ready for the derby and all of this. Mm-hmm. But in this city, it's like you cannot walk in the streets the week before or the week after, <laughs> especially if you lose, you know. <laughs> but um, it was just, um, everyone talked about it. I remember when Danny Ceballos, um, he's a big uh, Betis supporter mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. He used to show me videos. And we, we always used to talk about like one day we need to play for Betis together, you know. Yeah. We always imagined it will be later on in the in our years, but... For me, it happened to be now. But he always used to send me videos of like even open training sessions uh, the day before the game and 40,000 people turning up to an open training session and stuff like this. And and then the way to the to the stadium, you know, when you're in the bus. And the funny thing is like our hotel is literally one minute away from the stadium. On Derby Day, it's 15 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> because everything is so crowded. Everyone is just smashing on the bus. There's flares everywhere people on the streets, like, it's completely different. As I say, when my friend from the UK came, he couldn't not believe it, what was going on. And then obviously, once you walk into the stadium uh, at Betis here, they sing the anthem. And I have to say, not because I'm here right now, or because mm. I've been a Betis fan, but I've never heard a stadium sing like that mm. ever. And when my family came from for the first game here, and it wasn't a derby, mm. um, we were playing, I think it was uh, against Espanol. Um, my granddad is not even a Betis fan and my granddad was crying. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Because because the, the, the harmonies, like you see everyone with their hands up, with their, with their scarf, it's completely different. And everyone that has come from the UK to watch a game here, they feel that the energy that they felt in the stadium has, they've never lived like that before. Mm. It feels really pure and really unique, you know? And obviously the first derby for me, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the best. I mean, we, we got our man down um, sent off after after 44 mm. minutes and then I scored an own goal it was my oh. first I think it was my first own goal in my career and I was like why do I have to do it today and I also got um, I scored a goal and it was offside so I was like I, I guess I was just hungry for a goal man if I couldn't score it in one goal I had to score it in the other does it, does it get on top Hector if you see like for instance you, that was your first game and you scored the own goal. D- d- are the, what's it like in the streets? Are the people like crazy or is it just like fine? Is it, is, is it okay? I mean, it, it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough. The, the thing, the Betis support, Betis hasn't been at the top as it is today for a really mm. long time. You know, Betis was in second division um, only like six, seven years mm. ago. Um, so 
is a is a fan base that is um, not used to being at the top, and I I, I mean that in the, in the best of ways. Yeah. Like when you lose, they still support you, and what they always ask you in every single game is just give everything you have, give everything you have. Yeah. We'll win, we'll lose, but if they see you're breaking your face in that game. Literally, yeah. they'll be fine. Wow, you know, and and that's how it works over here. And um, and one of the the um, the sentences that, that they always use is "Viva Betis, man que pierda," which means "Long life to Betis, even if they lose." Yes, you know. Yeah, I was I was seeing that as well, Hector, and like the Sevilla fans were teasing because obviously I'm trying to. I asked Ryan before, can you compare it to the way Liverpool and Everton are? Yeah, is that a good so. comparison? It's, I think it's a good comparison. I would even go further to say as like Celtic and Rangers. Wow. You know? Because I think there's obviously like religion involved yeah. in, in, in the Scottish derby, but I think the way people live football in this city is very comparable to, to how people live it day to day. And uh, yeah, I mean, as I say, it's just for me, obviously scoring that own goal wasn't my best moment, but even then... I was thinking it would be way worse, but all I got was support, man. Because mm. also we have to say like, I mean, we're seeing third at the table now, which like for Betis, it had been a long time since that happened. Mm. And we're playing good football. The fans are enjoying every single game at the stadium, you know, back from COVID. And they see that the team is like responding really well and even going further from the expectations. So at the end of the day, even though if it's the derby, they know that it's one game. And this one was different because this one was in the cup and yeah. one was going to get mm. eliminated, you know? So it had that little bit more of like motivation if there is for, for this kind of game. But even though, as I say, that game didn't go our way, even personally or as a team, it was so enjoyable, man, because those are the games like, and right, you can say that those are the games yeah. that you want to play. Exactly. And, yeah. And you want to win because I know that Arsenal, obviously Arsenal and Spurs, the, the main thing is leading into that week. It's all different. Your energy is different. Um, yeah. because you you know what it means to them to not lose and you don't want to lose. But you see with my comparison with Liverpool and Everton, I was kind of trying to make that comparison because they've won so much, especially the Europa League and Betis. Yeah. That's the kind of, I was trying to find out if that's the kind of cap comparison yes. how their fans feel towards Betis fans. They feel like they're far superior. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is something that has only been in the last decade mm. because before I, I think it used to be more even. And I would say even in the 2000s, Betis used to be on top because Betis used to be in the Champions League. I remember they beat Chelsea 1-0 yeah. back in the day. I think it was 2005, something like that. But it's true that in the past 10 years, they've won a few UEFA Cubs and they've done really well. I mean, um, they've managed the club really well in terms of signings as well. They've had, they've had pretty good players like Dani Alves, you know, mm. even Rakitic that went back. So definitely done really well in that sense. So now they can see that we're coming, you know, yes. that um, it was something that I guess like how Arsenal saw Tottenham before, you know, yes. where it was like, oh, we're only, we're only playing Tottenham. I remember, right, <laughs> people of your generation used to say that, you know, we're only playing we're only Tottenham. Playing Spurs. Maybe it's a derby, but, <laughs> but we know we're going to win, yeah. you know, and I feel like they used to see a, see us in a, in that light and now they know it's not that way and I feel in the last derby the one in the cup you could tell that they didn't play the best game because they knew we were coming for them and that's how how it happened well this episode is brought to you by UGG y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days well I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year 
Au contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at Ugg.com. Hector, you sporting a lovely kind of semi-scabbing, bleeding top lip. lip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> top lip, man. After a bit of a whack on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big one. Jesus. We were talking about the derby a little bit. And for those who weren't aware, there was uh, the Copa del Rey edition of it this weekend, which started on Saturday, finished on Sunday. Mm. Finished on Sunday, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like a cricket test. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like a, a, like a football pub quiz in the future. It's just like... What, 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 started. what derby started on a Saturday and finished on Sunday. <laughs> uh, Papi Gomez scored a lovely opener. Never for Kier scored what, uh, what the Spanish call an Olympic goal, right? Olympic goal, Stripped yeah. Straight from a corner. Yeah. And then all hell broke loose. And then, the, and yes. Duran Jordan got hit with a piece of like, what was it, like a plastic panel what, or something? Looked like a long, kind of long yeah, so rulery kind of thing. I don't know what it there, was. There's two versions of it. One says it's like a PVC uh, stick. Um, yeah. that someone threw but they also said that there's a chance that it's like from a flag that they wave like at the back of the goal right. that right. W- a bit of it literally broke and went into his head no one knows what's happened the police are involved and there's like videos that they cannot show and stuff but there's an investigation yeah. going on about it but um, yeah it was literally like a plastic stick um, that, that fell on his head and then uh, you guys were hanging around on the pitch for a bit we are hanging around on the pitch because it looked like the guy was fine, but then all of a sudden there was a lot of talk in that technical area. You know, I don't want to get uh, too controversial yeah. here, but no. Uh, for those who want to know more about it and read yeah, quote unquote yeah. both sides, just go on yeah, Twitter literally. and have a little Google. Go on Twitter, yeah, 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 yeah. But then all of a sudden the guy wasn't doing well, um, mm. so they said uh, he had like a like um, concussion. A tr- a concussion, yeah. A bit, yeah. bit harder than a concussion, actually. I wouldn't know how to translate okay. it right now. But wow. Like a brain wow. trauma, they said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the game had to be called off at the time. They they were saying that probably they were going to give the game to Seville because wow. um, it had to happen on our stadium. They were going to say it was going to happen maybe in a few weeks, but then they opted to resume it the day after. And mm. I mean, I was unlucky enough that, um, you know, I suffered like a really big, uh, bang in that game and to be yeah. fair you right you know how it is like with adrenaline and stuff like that you don't feel nothing you know when that happens you Not just feel it, yeah but when i woke up literally yesterday morning i just i just couldn't move i was in bed and like my whole neck was hurting i had a headache all over my head because of the bang my mouth was still bleeding i had i was losing a lot of blood because it, it, it couldn't i didn't get stitches so it was opening literally yeah. the whole time and Jeez. i really wanted to play but I also had to make a decision where I was like, do I play in these conditions or, you know, do I, with the possibility to let the team down, you know, because, you know, it's such an important game. So with the coach, we make the decision that for me to rest. And um, it, was, it, it was sad, you know, because it was a, it was a completely different game than the first derby. Literally, we pressed them so well. They didn't have a chance apart from the goal. Yeah. And everything was happening. The, the stadium was literally... Um, with us in every single step of the game. And it was just beautiful. And you also feel sad that, you know, the the, the, the people that are from all over Spain, because Betis is a team that supported all over Spain, that, you know, pay for the ticket, they fly over just to watch yeah, this game. And go. then they can only watch 40 minutes of the game and then they have to go. And then we have to play 
behind closed doors. So it was all a bit difficult and, um, you know, not in the best scenario. But obviously for us, the important thing also is that we, we got the win finally yesterday, yes. almost 24 hours after, after the kickoff. But yeah, obviously really happy because also um, Betis hadn't beat Sevilla in, in, in a few years. And, yeah. and as I say, we, we're just getting closer and closer to them and, and you can feel that on the pitch and off the pitch and the whole Betis family was really happy with the result. So pleased. Not a bad time for football in Seville, man. It's, it's like, really not. We're seeing second and third, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, can't yeah, even yeah. remember the last time that, that, that happened, like when both of you two were we're in the no, it, must have, it must have been really long and, and I remember Joaquin was saying obviously Joaquin is the legend here at the club he was saying that how old is Joaquin now? I will just quick for the, for the, for the listeners I, I, I think he's uh, around 40 now yeah, yeah. 40. wow last season yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. is this his yeah, last season? Well, could wow. be you know there's a lot of talk about it but I have to say man since the, since the moment I came here if you see this guy, he's like a 25 year old. Wow. Like I'm talking physically. I'm talking in terms of like hunger. He wants to play. He mm. wants to, you know, when, when he plays 70 minutes and he gets, you know, um, he comes off, he, he gets angry, you know, he wants to continue playing. Wow. And I think that's something that you don't usually see in, in players that age that have gone through a lot because yeah. he's played for the national team. He's, he's been a, in other teams around the world, but he's hungry to play and, and you know, that says a lot from, from who he is and, you know, what he is as a, as a player and as a legend here at the club. Mm. Yeah. I got to ask you. So what's, what's the, um, the weather like? Because they say it's like a, a, a bowl. Yeah. And it's hot. What, what's it, what's the weather right now? Right. If I, if I just see outside now, mm. outside of my house, <laughs> after 10 minutes, I need to take my shirt off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. You know, because I was thinking, Hector, because you got back, because look how long, how old was you when you came here, Hector? You was like, what, 15, 14? No, 16, literally 16, 10 years. Right. Yeah, ten, more right. than 10 years. Yeah. Right, it was more than 10 years. So you kind of got used to our kind of like weather. And What's it like when you're back there and that's what you're really meant to be? being what's what is it yeah i mean i mean the thing is also i mean in barcelona it's still really really warm but mm. seville is like different it's like a microclimate not comparable to any other place in spain so obviously i was looking for a bit uh, i was looking forward to to the heat but i wasn't thinking that when it comes to like literally on the last week of the year I would be sunbathing. <laughs> that, was, that, that was not in the plans. And that, that, that kind of got me worried a little bit, you know, with climate change and stuff like that. I was like, I don't know if this is good or not, but I was like, well, I'm here. I'm just going to enjoy it and, <laughs> and take it all in because it's been, it's been pretty crazy. Mm. It's been pretty crazy. When you look at the fans, the passion of the fans, the fact that that place is, is hotter than anywhere else in Spain, that must have something that feeds into something to do with the fans and the way they are and the vociferous nature in which they both support their teams this city has like a story of itself mm. you know i mean the south of spain as, a, as it's really hot it, there's always people in the streets people here are like really not staying at home people are always there there's uh, terraces where people sit down there's always music playing yep. it's, it's a very social city and people here are really social they love talking to you like I, when, when i went to to get my car it, they only i only had to sign the papers and I was there for three hours <laughs> <laughs> talking football, talking life. How's your family? Oh, your dad's a better fan. Da, 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 da. Like, that's how people are, you know. They're really open, they're really warm. They take you into the arms, and you're just one of them from the moment that you get here. Mm. And that has something to do. And also, like the music, I don't know if you guys know about flamenco, mm, but flamenco yeah, is yeah. 
a, a music that is performed with a lot of passion. When people sing, they sing their voices like out, literally. And that's how people live their lives over here. They really know how to live and passion is like really a big ingredient in everything they do in their lives. Also resting and taking naps is very important in Siesta. the city. <laughs> Siestas are really important. If you call someone between 3 and 5 p.m., they're not going to pick up the phone. <laughs> and if they do, they'll probably be angry at you. Yeah. But they just, they just part, they're just things that only happen in this city or in mm. this area. And I think that has also to do with the passion that people feel when they go into into the game into the stadium and how you know they they say hi to you in the street mm. and and the way they act towards you you know and i think it's it's beautiful to to live that as a as a football player you know something i'm pleased what i'm pleased i could just i could just hear in the in your voice you, you just sound you sound right you know what i mean i know with what was happening yeah. at arsenal there's so many injuries you know coming back trying and the, mm-hmm. to to listen to you now with the energy it's like you've plugged back into a, a, a energy force and it's, it's really, it's really, I'm really pleased to hear it, Hector. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. So happy you're happy. You've been such an unbelievable servant for, for us on that. So to see you go back to a place that is so close to you, yeah. your heart and, and get revitalized and rejuvenized by the energy and everything what goes on there. It makes me feel very, very happy, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, and, and you know, as a football player, sometimes it's not only mm. about football, you know, yeah. it's about many other things. And for me, after being a decade in London, I, I, I really felt like I needed another challenge. Mm. And, and a lot of people know for me, it wasn't about the money. It was about nothing else. I just needed to go into a place where I could feel and I could see myself being happy and playing my best football. Mm. And, you know, I was lucky enough to, to have the opportunity to come to, to the club that my dad supported since he was a kid. My grandma did, and I did when I was when I was really young. And and you know when you play for a team that is a part of yourself and your family, when you put that shirt on, it's completely yes. different, you know. Yes, my and friend. for me, Arsenal, Arsenal was also one of those teams because even though you know I wasn't from London, but you know when I played FIFA, I played with with Arsenal, I played yeah. with Thierry, I played with with Pires, yes. I, I played with Beckham, I played with you, you know, right. and, and it was a team that I used to play, so I felt like an instant connection when Arsenal told me that, you know, that they wanted me, so yeah. I was like, hell yeah, I want to go there, you know, if it would have been any other team in the UK, probably I wouldn't have felt that way, and that's why for me, when I put my shirt on, I'm like, I put it with a lot of pride yeah. because it's more meaningful than just like, oh, this is the team that's paying me right now, mm. no, this is the team that represents me and I want to represent them. And that's why for me, this was like the perfect opportunity. And then I've been, you know, lucky enough to to have a great coach, uh, great teammates, and mm. they've received me literally with open arms. Uh, and and as you say, I'm, I'm finally back enjoying football in the same way that I used to do a few years ago that I felt I wasn't doing. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EB. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 
37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. As a person and as a human, like, you know, you moved to another country at such a young age, you essentially became like a, a, a Londoner. The Spanish roadmen, they called them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant name, bro. It's a great name. Like, as a human being, as a, as a, not as a prof- professional footballer, just as a human, yeah. mm. how has it felt at this stage of your life getting a different perspective and a very different city, like, yeah. from, a, from a, just a, like a day-to-day point of view, like, never mind mm. the football? Well, if I want to give you, like, a proper answer, I have to go back a little bit yeah, until man. I was in the UK. For me, for me quarantine was a crazy moment in my life because I went through literally all the stages I could have been in in my life in, in the space of three months. And I was really, really down for a long time. Then I was really high for another period of time. And I just had a lot of time to think. And I was like, look, this is a time where I know what I need for myself as a person. I'm not talking as a football player. I'm talking as a person and what priorities I need in my life, you know, and not just, as I say, on the football pitch, but what do I need to do outside of it to, to be happy, you know, yeah. not, not to be happy, but to be content and to be in a position where I know I can be the best version of myself and I can work on being the best in the football pitch and on being the best in all the stuff that yes. I want to do outside yeah. the football pitch. And um, for me, being closer to my family was one of them. Yeah. Um, being closer to my roots was one of them because I have to say that I never really missed Spain in in the first eight, nine years I was in London. But on the last year, I don't know if it was with COVID and everything, yeah. I was missing a lot of my country. I was, I remember, I was listening to flamenco music all the time. I was watching Spanish movies all the time. <laughs> I was eating Spanish food all the time. And it was like, honestly, I was, I was craving it, you know? Mm. And you know, I spoke to me. Mm. Yeah, honestly. And I spoke to Mikel um, way before my loan, you know, and I said to Mikel, I mean, we had, we had a good friendship before us, as, um, as teammates. And, and then obviously as a coach and player. And I said to him, like, look, I feel like, at this time, at this moment in my life, I need something else, you know? Mm. And I don't want to go anywhere like to win a lot of money or nothing. Mm. I just want to be closer to my family, yeah. closer to my country, and I want to live a better experience. Wow. And for me, that was a time, and it, this was before even the summer that I turned off social media. I deleted all the apps from my phone and I had the best summer in my life. Like I literally spent a lot of time with my family without looking at my phone, with friends, beautiful experiences. And even when I, when everything happened and I came here to Betis, I remember I posted a picture and that's it. And and that was like, literally, I don't want to be in this world right now. Right. Because when, when I'm here, I'm missing literally what is here. Yes. You know? And, and for me, it got to a point that I was like, I feel like I'm in a good uh, mental state to get back to it with a complete different relationship to the one I had before. Mm. 
And now I'm active again on social media. I still don't post a lot. I post more stories than I used to post on my grid and stuff. Mm. But also because I'm busy, man. I'm like yeah. working on other things yeah. off the pitch. And I'm, you know, I got my routine on lock and I don't want to be looking at my phone. I don't want to have something that is taking my focus out of my day to day right now. And I'm really enjoying that right now. I'm waking up early. I'm journaling. I'm writing. When I get home, I'm studying. I'm doing other things. I'm just like, and all this stuff is feeding me mentally to another level. And I think it shows also that on the pitch, everything is also coming together. Wow. And I feel in a good mental space that I don't want any outside noise to kind of get in. Wow. And it's not easy at times, I have to say. It's not easy at times because these apps and everything has made you to to get addicted to it and to be on it all day. And, you know, I have days where I spend more time on my phone than I would like to mm -hmm. and stuff. But definitely the relationship that I have with it is completely different to it's how amazing. it was before. It's amazing to hear it like that. Yeah, so it's, I can totally relate to that in a sense because like I've been in Berlin since 2015. Never mm -hmm. once thought about moving back to the UK until maybe it was kind of like midway through last year. Yeah. Listening to the, how that pandemic's kind of like that affected, well, it's affected everybody in the way it's affected yourself and affected you, Ryan, and myself, and how positively you've come out of that. Um, listening to, kind of not envious, but to know that you've, you can leave here after doing so brilliantly here, go through what you was going through, through all that stuff, like you mentioned that three months, and then be able to go to a place where you can find what you've got now, mm -hmm. the energy and, and everything. I, I, that, I, honestly, I can't tell you how, how much I feel. I feel very happy for you, bro. Thank you, man. I really I, appreciate it. I feel very it. happy for you. No, no, no. I feel very happy for you because there's a lot. That's a time uh, people can, you can feel very sorry for yourself. You can feel very vexed, very angry. Yeah. So I, I, I just was picturing you just literally just going back to Spain. Your house is just Spain. Everything yeah. what you're doing in your house is Spain. Yeah. And then going to the manager and letting the manager know this is. You, knowing you what you needed and you've got it now and you're, you're doing it. You're, you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I've never, I've never been, I've never actually been in that kind of position. I don't think mm -hmm. where I've had that moment, the, the, the moment where, no, nah, no, nah, I need this. I miss this. I miss that. Of course I miss my missus and my girls. I'm yeah. not away from them. Like how you've had to live your life. Yeah. But like listening to you say all that, I was just like, Wow. It's at brave, your age man. as well that's it's amazing yeah. it's brave as well like, thank you and, and, I, think, and I think I was, I was i was lucky as well that Mikel is someone very understanding you know and, mm. and Mikel knew that there was nothing to do with football with the club with nothing this is i think as people we go through cycles in our life you know and mm. it's not because i don't want to play here anymore it's just because this is this is not helping any of us you know mm. because yeah. when when i know that it's not my place where where i need to be at that time nothing works for each, for each other, you know? And and Mikel really understood that. He knows everything I've gone through at Arsenal, you know, my injuries, everything, yeah. um, every single episode. So, you know, I was very lucky that I could be open with him and we could have like a talk where he understood fully. And he said, you know, like, I want to help you as well. Like, not just as, as your coach, but also as like the friendship that we've had before and the respect that we have as people, you know, as professionals. Yeah. And, and I was, I was very happy that, you know, Arsenal gave me also that opportunity to, to find what I was looking for that, you know, we mm -hmm. could say that at that time it wasn't working for any of us. And, and, you know, I had it pretty clear in my, in my head what I needed. 
and and yeah, I'm I'm happy that you know it's it's kind of fulfilling itself, and mm. and you know Beautiful. I'm happy, and also and also Arsenal are doing amazing, you know, and and yeah. that makes me so happy. And the player that they got in my position is doing great, and. You know, there's like literally no hard feelings for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful to see because I watch every single game. I want the guys to do well. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just how football goes. You know, you also yep. need to need to see when is your time, when it's not, and what is best for you, what is best exactly. for the club. And I always say to the club, like, if I, if I leave this place, I don't want to leave you guys without, for example, no one in my position or in yeah. a position where you guys, you know, are not in the in best terms. I was like, I want the best for for all of us because I've been here for yeah. 10 years and I love this place, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it, and it's worked out for, for everyone. And that's what truly shows me that it was the right thing to do. Mm. And, and as I say, it makes me, it makes me really happy to see the guys doing well as well. It's beautiful. X. I just want Betis to do well. I'm just so pleased that you're up Thank there. You. I'm just going to keep such an eye on Seville and Betis for the rest of the season. Now. Yes. And honestly, you guys have to come because I'm because, definitely coming, but uh, we've got to come, with, but we come, we kind of come mob-handed. It's going to probably be, if we can go, it'll be the whole, all of us. It'll be me, Ryan, Musa, Carl, like Mayowa, yes. Flo, <laughs> Roscoe, Jeanette, because the whole house. You will see, it's a beautiful city. That's the thing. Everybody says about Sevilla, you've got to go to Sevilla. You know what I mean? So it, we're coming. We're coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's a beautiful vibe. And it, it was it was a city that was a um, Muslim city for a thousand years. Was it? Between the 500 and the uh, 1500s. So the whole architecture and everything is such a mix of like Spanish, Arab, everything. And I don't know, just the, as I said before, the people, the music, everything, the food over here, guys, you're going to love it. So if you come, yeah. don't come just for a couple of days because you're not going to want to live, man. <laughs> That's what everyone says, <laughs> You're going to have to cancel your trip. It's oh, like all of a sudden, honestly. it's just like, Ian Wright, in surprise, moved in to Seville. To Seville, just, <laughs> just because. I just want to say, Hector, you know, because so, I love you so much, Hector, I'm just so pleased you came on. I'm so pleased everything's going well. Listen to how you, you, you know, how happy you sound. You know what I mean? I you, cannot tell you how happy I am for you and I can't wait to see you. When you are you coming back over here at some stage just to hang and chill or do at some stage? I, I really wanted to come during Christmas. We had a week off, but then obviously the new wave course, yeah. came up, so I couldn't go. Mm. But, mate, that, definitely London's still home for me, man. Mm. I still, like, really want to go. I have loads of people. And I, and I miss it, you know. I, I love being here in Seville, mm. but I do miss the people in London, especially. I do, I do miss the boys. I do miss the club as well. Um, so yeah, I want to go up. I want to see the boys. I want to see mm. you. I want to yeah. see all my friends and stuff, and and just spend a few a few days in the city as well. So I'll definitely let you know when I'm back over there. Well, good luck with it, Hector. Good luck for the rest of the season. I'll, I'm praying to God that you lot can finish it off. But and if, even if you don't win the league, I just love you lot to just stay above Sevilla. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. And it's so good to see you again. Honestly, man. God bless you. It's so good. And Ryan, so nice to meet you. Thank and you, so good to have this chat. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. And I, mean, I appreciate all the love, man. Nah, man. Thanks, Hector, for being so frank with us and everything. I love it. Of course. Anytime, man. Uh, God bless you, eh? God bless you, bro. Take care, guys. Listen, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Ryan Hahn. Thank you to Mr. Hector Bellerin, somebody I've loved ever since he first came into the place at Arsenal when he was 16 years old. He's turned into a wonderful man. He's always been a wonderful person. He's turned into a wonderful man, a beautiful human being. And um, I'm glad you got to hear him today. And do not forget to check out Right's House on Wednesday. We'll have loads more for you then.